Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 352 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Montero, and uh, we got a great one today, guys. We have a great week ahead of us, right? We are less than 24 hours away from my favorite matchup of the year. But we got two big, big fights this, this week. Undoubtedly, this is the week of the year. This is the fight week of 2023. It's not going to get any better than this. So uh, much to discuss. And the best thing is these two fights are separated by a few days. So you can enjoy the big fight tomorrow in Japan. And uh, for some of you guys, it's already today, um, that fight in Japan. And then you can ride that wave for a couple of days. And then you have some time to get the buzz going for the big one in Las Vegas this Saturday. So it's awesome that it's spread out, man. We'll talk about all of it, of course. I know a lot of you guys are going to want to get in on the phones. Um, I'm going to jump right into a quick review of what took place last week, including uh, another questionable decision. I feel like we're talking about that all the time on this show, unfortunately. And then we're going to jump right into the preview, man, because, I mean, that's what it's all about, this episode, right? Before I get into all that, and of course your calls, of course your calls. So I know a lot of you are going to want to talk. So um, we'll try to, if we get a lot of calls today, we're going to have to, crunch down the time so you guys are gonna have to give me some rapid fire combinations and uh, get off the line so i can get to the next caller but before i do any of that i just want to remind you guys pay the fee i always ask you guys to pay a fee uh it's non-monetary i just ask that you spread the word about the show okay share it on your social media um with your 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 sports fan friends your your boxing friends whatever spread the word about it uh, just about the channel, okay? If you're listening to the audio podcast, then spread that. Uh, just make sure that you get it going out there in the world. That is how we get this show out there. We don't do ads or any of that stuff. We don't. I don't do promotions to do the show. I re, I depend on you guys. So pay that fee. And remember, you got to pay that fee every episode, not just once, okay? So uh, our a bunch of you guys in on the chat. Make sure that you're smashing that thumbs up button. And um, all right. I'm going to jump into this in just a second here. I want to get some of your comments here on the screen. Um, we got already got a prediction from Alexander. He says, Inouye is going to run over Fulton in four to six rounds. Wow. That is a bold prediction, my man. Very, very bold. Um, so I'm hoping to hear some bold predictions from you guys throughout the show, man. Let's, uh, let's jump right into this. Uh, real quick, review. Last weekend, last Saturday, July 22nd to be exact, Top rank did a show here in the United States in Shawnee, Oklahoma at the Fire Lake Arena. This was broadcast on ESPN. And in the main event, George Cambosos wins a majority decision over Maxi Hughes. Scores were 117-111, which is nine rounds to three. And that, that was Judge Joseph Mason uh, in favor of Cambosos, 115-113. Also in favor of Cambosos, that's seven rounds to five, obviously. And then one score had it a draw. So uh, I put a poll out there uh, on my Twitter just asking you guys how you scored this fight because there was a lot of controversy. A lot of people did not agree with those scorecards, particularly the 9-3. It's one thing to have Cambosos winning. A few of you out there did. A few of you out there had it 7-5 for Cambosos. But I don't know how in your right mind you could see any uh, more than seven rounds for Cambosos in this fight. The overwhelming majority of you, it's not just the majority, the overwhelming majority of you who responded to my tweet uh, had 
Hughes winning. And some of you guys had Hughes up like 8-4. So the scorecards were kind of all over the place, but the general consensus is that, you know, if you had to draw, fine, but if you were going to pick one guy that won, most of you thought it was Hughes. Um, I also shared the CompuBox numbers. I'll, I won't go over the details of that here. I know a lot of you guys can't stand punch stats. I get it. But for the thousandth time, and I'll say this a thousand more times, they do give an indication sometimes, a little insight into the fight. Don't ignore the details, but just look at the trends, okay? Because the trends could give you an idea as to who did what uh, better or worse in the fight. So according to CompuBox, um, the battle of the jab was won by Hughes, and it really wasn't even close. Power punching, including body punching, was fairly even. Cambosos had a slight edge. But in terms of jabs, uh, Hughes threw more, landed more, more accurate. In terms of overall punch accuracy, that was Hughes as well. But in terms of actual volume, Cambosos threw more than 100 more punches than, um, than Hughes. He didn't land them. His overall connect percentage was 19%, less than 20%. That's really, really bad. That's really, really bad, especially for lightweights. Okay, that's just, that's just poor. Um, and he wasn't going up necessarily against a defensive master, although Hughes was fighting more tactical and defensively uh, on the back foot. Uh, it was Cambosis coming forward in most for the most of the fight. It was uh, Hughes boxing more from the outside and moving for most of the fight. So both guys kind of did different things. And I guess it just comes down to what you prefer. But most people seem to feel that Hughes won this fight. And once again, the establishment fighter, which in this case was Cambosos, gets the decision. Uh, this wasn't Las Vegas. This wasn't even Australia where Cambosos is from. This was in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Okay. Not exactly a hotbed for high profile boxing. This was a tiny little casino card that Top Rank put on. Nice and cheap, affordable. They're going to get a ton of money on the foreign rights. So this was a nice, profitable show for Top Rank. But you got to think business of boxing. Obviously, there's still business between Cambosos and the possibility of him fighting certain top-ranked fighters. You guys know the names. He's also a former lightweight champion. Um, they were calling him undisputed on the show Saturday night. Some people didn't like that. Look, to me, he was the legitimate champion. I, some of you guys mentally masturbate over the whole undisputed thing, whatever. It's really hard to be 100% undisputed with all the belts. There's 5,000 different belts now. And the, the sanctioning organizations even split their belt up sometimes into two or three belts in the same division. So bottom line, Cambosos was briefly the legitimate uh, lightweight champion of the world so that there is some name recognition there. And he has generated millions of dollars. Those two fights with Devin Haney in Australia did a lot of business. Business of boxing. And, you know, how many times do you guys need to see this, right? Um, Again, if we saw in these close fights, these close controversial, quote-unquote, could have went either way type of matchups, if we saw that 40% of the time they went to the underdog and 60% of the time they went to the establishment guy, I think there wouldn't be as much anger out there. But when 99% of the time, let's be honest, okay, it's at least 90% of the time, these decisions go to the establishment fighter which in this case happened to be a, a Greek guy from Australia, a Greek-Australian fighting in Oklahoma, United States. Um, kind of random, you know, kind of random indeed. But in this case, he was the guy, 
and he got the nod. And once again, one of the scorecards, 9-3, I, I just – that judge should be suspended. I, I don't know what that judge was seeing. You have to bend over backwards and really favor Camboso's style to give him six or seven rounds in this fight. Uh, to give him nine, that's just flat out, you know, I, I maybe it's corruption. A at worst, it's corruption. At best, it's just uh, incompetence. So so anyway, um, look, a lot of people are shitting down Camboso's throat right now. It's not his fault that he won the decision and got a robbery. You guys shouldn't be mad at him. He did what he was supposed to do. And look, I like George Cambosos. He was willing to fight Tiafima Lopez when a lot of people weren't necessarily lining up to fight him. Now, you know, I think he had a mandatory and everything, but he came to the United States. He made a lot of concessions and a lot of sacrifices, family sacrifices to do that fight. So I give him credit. And then he um, gave Devin Haney two fights when he didn't necessarily need to. I guess Haney, was Haney a mandatory technically, I guess? I'm not exactly sure that franchise thing with the WBC worked out. Um, I don't really give a shit. Either way, Cambosos has had three tough fights back to back to back. So I think the guy deserves some credit. He does deserve credit here. And um, I, no doubt he's one of those guys that would be willing to fight Shakur Stevenson, a guy that's going to be avoided by Javante Davis, Devin Haney, and the rest. Uh, we know for sure Cambosos is the kind of guy that would fight him. So the anger shouldn't be placed at him. And um, for people saying, oh, he's, he's a bum, he's, he's a hype job, look, slow down, okay? I never saw Cambosos as an elite-level fighter. Um, he's not, he's clearly not on that level, but he's a top 10 lightweight. He's a top 10 lightweight. Now, is he top five? I don't know about that, but he's probably in the lower tier of the top 10, but he's a top 10 world-class lightweight. And, um, whether you feel he won or lost here really doesn't change that. I think if anything, Maxi Hughes, his stock rose in this fight, obviously Cambosos now is, um, you know, he got back in the win column, but in the eyes of many fans, he's lost three in a row. So his stock has obviously dropped precipitously. But um, in this case, he happens to still be a quote-unquote name, and uh, he will probably get another big fight off this. Again, I've told you guys before, if this shit bothers you, and, and I understand why it does, okay? My advice and what I have done this year, I've I've had to work at it. But having a child and, and having one on the way, uh, having a family now, maybe it's changed me and I just see life differently. I've kind of unplugged a bit from the boxing matrix, as I said before I went on a little break from the podcast, um, to where this stuff just it doesn't get my blood boiling anymore because I just recognize it for what it is. This sport is corrupt. And pardon my language, but in a, a lot of times it's a fucking joke. It, it's, it's, it's a circus, okay? Um, he, there's all, and, and I've experienced it from a lot of different perspectives, um, you know, from, uh, on the media side, as a fan on that side, even as a fighter, as a competitive fighter, uh, just the fuckery and the, the stuff that goes on in this sport. I talked to my coach last week, one of my coaches, and, um, just because I was, you know, going through some things as a fighter, uh, some cancellation stuff that super annoying, right? Uh, a week before a fight, a fight gets canceled. It's, it's, it's difficult. And, um, one of my coaches was, was telling me basically, I can't remember the exact way he put it, but he was just like, boxing is like a whore that looks really good. She's really, really fine. And it's hard for you to let her go because she puts it on you. And, but 
She treats you like shit. She cheats on you. She's abusive. She spends all your money. She takes but never gives. Uh, she she takes love but doesn't love back. Um, and it's up to you to recognize that she's a hoe. And you don't love a hoe. You can do certain things with a hoe, and it could be a mutually beneficial relationship. And you can find a way to make it work in that respect, so long as you don't bring that hoe home to beat your mother and you don't marry her. That's what boxing is, guys. And once you kind of recognize that and treat it that way, you'll sleep better at night with stuff like this. Honestly, boxing's a hoe. Treat it like a hoe. Stop treating boxing like it's a housewife, like it's you know a marriage material. It ain't. It's have fun with, have a fling with material. It ain't marriage material. All right. Hopefully that analogy didn't trigger too many of you. Um, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Let's uh, let's get into this preview because we got a lot to preview, okay? Uh, as I mentioned at the very, very top of the show, we are less than 24 hours away from my favorite matchup of the year. Uh, Tuesday, July 25th is when it's officially going down. For some of you watching, listening to the show uh, right now, it's already Tuesday, July 25th, and you're part of the world. Uh, we, we still got a few hours to catch up to you guys. So um, we, we are right there, okay? And um, it's obviously Stephen Fulton traveling to Tokyo to fight. Now, you know, in a way, it's Cool Boy Steph versus The Monster, and this fight will be for the two unified junior featherweight or super bantamweight, whichever you prefer, world titles that Fulton has. For those of you asking, the main event is slated to start around 7.30 a.m. standard Eastern time here in the United States. Generally speaking, these things run a little bit late, so I would expect the main event to go on more like 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. That being said, if, if you're going to get I'll be up. All right, I got, I got a nine-month-old baby. I'm, I'm going to be up drinking my coffee about 7, 7.30-ish anyway. So I'll be able to uh, put the put the fight on. It's on ESPN+. And um, it's going to be pretty awesome to, to be able to drink my morning coffee, play with my daughter before I have to start work and all that, and watch this awesome fight. Uh, that is one thing about this particular era of boxing that is amazing and, and awesome and that I love. Uh, we, we get this kind of stuff that you know, I always talk about if this was the 80s, if this was the 90s when I was a kid, um, it would be like this. It'd be like that. Look, I, would this fight be televised in America in the 1990s? I don't know about that. I don't know. There, there was no such thing as an app to watch it live or even a replay. At best, we probably would have got a replay on, you know, ESPN, USA, maybe HBO if it was on HBO or something. But it would probably be damn near impossible to get this fight live you know at 7 30 in the morning um back in the 80s 90s there were times where there were you know broadcasts like in the afternoon and obviously there was tuesday night fights there was thursday friday night fights sunday afternoon fights but i can't recall seeing a fight at eight in the morning as a kid so it's pretty awesome uh that we get to have that in this era and we get these fights from all around the world. That's really, really cool, man. Uh, you get big, like, because there'll be heavyweight, big heavyweight fights in, in different parts of the world, Japan, uh, Africa, um, Zaire, you know. So, so, like, you would see um, fights in different parts of the world, big, big heavyweight fights that would be broadcast live, but not, not a bantamweight moving up to fight a junior featherweight that just from Japan that that would not be aired live on American television. So pretty cool. P 
pretty freaking cool. All right, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, some X's and O's here. Fulton, definitely not a power puncher. Okay, he's not known as a powerful guy in terms of his punching ability. One punch knockout power. He has eight stoppages in 21 career fights. Meanwhile, Inouye has 21 stoppages in 24 career fights. He is known as a power puncher. However, he started his career at 108 pounds, which would be what? Uh, junior flyweight. Uh, and now he's all the way up to 122. And some of you guys out there would be like, well, big deal. It's 14 pounds, whatever. I shit 14 pounds, right? I could hear some of you guys saying that. Listen, if you weigh 220 pounds, 14 pounds isn't that much. But when you start at 108, 14 pounds is more than 10% of your body mass index. So that's a big deal, okay? That's a significant increase in, in, in weight and size. And I should mention that, you know, he fought at 108 basically a decade ago. I want to say, I think in a way went pro in 2014. So it was a while ago, okay? And he has been fighting at 118 these last few years, which is just four pounds south of 122, obviously, for you math whizzes out there. So all that's fair, but look, Fulton is the naturally larger, stronger guy. He also has a style of fighting. He's from Philadelphia. He fights with that defensive uh, mauling, grappling kind of style. He's definitely a very, very good inside fighter, can move guys and position guys where he wants them. He's good with his feet. What he's real good with his, with his hands is moving guys where he wants them, positioning, okay? Um, definitely has some of that Philly school in him, right? What's going to be interesting to see in this fight is if he can keep in a way where he wants him to land his shots, point, get some points, and then move again. And if he can keep that up for 12 rounds, it'll be interesting to see if Inouye's explosiveness and speed break through that, break through that Philly shell and start to um, wear Fulton down a little bit to where he's not as elusive. He can't get away. He can't um, move in a way where he wants him. That is what's going to be interesting to see in this fight. Um, layoffs. You know, this is a subject I talk about a lot. Fulton is coming off a 13-month layoff. He last fought last June, I believe. And Inoue is coming off a seven-month layoff. He last fought, uh, I think, in December. So um, it, will that play a factor? Or is it just something that it, it's, it's a wash? I don't know um, whose style re requires more activity. Um, Fulton obviously fighting in Japan. It's on the other side of the world, major time difference, but to his credit and his team's credit, and I, I think this was very smart, they went over to Japan a while ago. You know, some people will wait till like fight week to go over. No, they, they've been over there. So he's acclimated to the time by now, and that really should not be an issue for him. I don't expect that to be an issue at all. Okay, let's talk about the 500-pound elephant in the room. I have to address this. Stephen Fulton's team, and then by extension, a bunch of fans on Twitter and a bunch of idiots on YouTube, have accused Naoya Inouye of cheating, of using performance-enhancing drugs, and now there's this whole um, controversy around stacking. Okay, so let me talk to you guys a little bit about this stuff. 
Uh, first of all, I should mention that Naoya Inouye has fought in multiple jurisdictions in several different countries and here in the United States in several different states. And there has never been an issue with his hand wraps, with any commission. Uh, he has done VADA, the full VADA panel, uh, for some fights in the past. Never been an issue. He's done drug tests in multiple commissions. Never failed a drug test. To my knowledge, Fulton has never done the full VADA program for any one of his fights. But in a way, has for, for at least one. That I, I know he did for Donaire. I don't know if it was the first or second fight. Maybe both of the, the Donaire fights. Um, he did the full VADA panel. I'm not talking about the WBC clean boxing program, okay? That's pretty much not really a factor. Um, and I've talked about the details with that and why it, it really doesn't matter if guys are signed up for that or not. But, um, you know, Fulton's – and this is – I'm not trying to throw any accusations at Fulton at all. I think he's a clean fighter. But Fulton's never done full VADA for any one fight. In a way, has. I, I believe Donaire asked him to do that because Donaire – is, you know, he's a Vada guy and uh, in, in a way obliged him and there was no issue. So there has never once been an issue. Now, does that absolutely exonerate him of, of any wrongdoing? No, but there's literally zero, okay, zero evidence or history of any wrongdoing with Naoya Inoue, just the same as there is zero evidence of any cheating or wrongdoing with Stephen Fulton. So anybody throwing an accusation at Inouye, you may as well throw the exact same accusation or with the same fervor and anger and hatred as at Fulton because there's no evidence either guy has done anything wrong here. And I should also add, Fulton didn't say any of this. It was, I think, his trainer, his manager that said this. And then a bunch of morons on YouTube ran with it because the, actually those guys on YouTube aren't even the morons. They're just unethical, soulless, vapid pieces of shit. It's the people who follow those channels who are fucking idiots because they're the ones that send super chats and all that and make these guys money for spreading conspiracy theorists that oftentimes are tied up with undertones of racism and xenophobia and all that shit. I'm sorry to go there, guys, but that's that's what a lot of this is. I'm sorry. It just, it just is. There, there are undertones of that going on here. And I've seen it all over Twitter this week. I'm sure you guys have seen some of this stuff. Um, so real quick, the stacking thing. A lot of you guys watching this, listening to have never had your hands wrapped. You don't even know what it feels like to have your hands wrapped professionally. I'm not talking about having your little title wraps that you put on before you work on the bag and stuff at home in your garage. I'm talking about getting wrapped for an actual fight. There is an art and a science to it, and every single trainer does it a little bit differently. I don't give a shit what they tell you, okay? The rules per the Association of Boxing Commissions, and shout out to Joe Habib of the Ringside Reporter podcast who tweeted a screenshot of it out. I retweeted it today. According to the Association of Boxing Commissions, unified rules, which means all the boxing organizations, WBC, WBA, BO, all of them, okay, combined together, unified rules. There is no such thing as stacking. It's not illegal. As long as you are not putting tape on the knuckles, you can, you can wrap your hands here on the wrist, okay, the back of the hand and the wrist, however the hell you want to. You really can. There's, there, there are limits to the amount of tape and gauze you can use and the size, the, the width of the tape and gauze you can use. 
But some guys like to do a bunch of gauze and then put tape on top. Some guys like to do gauze, tape, gauze, tape. Neither one's illegal. It's perfectly legal. And there are plenty of fighters who do it, okay? It, it, it doesn't increase your punching power because again, it's not going where the impact of the punch is. It's going on your wrist. Now, some would argue, and I will say that the tape gauze tape or gauze tape gauze tape method tends to um, be harder on your wrist and keep it straighter. Okay. So guys with wrist problems and overall with hand problems, particularly under the knuckle back here, um, like ligament tears and stuff like that. A lot of times you go into a fight and like one of the ligaments in your, your hand is uh, sore or maybe there's a slight tear uh, in your thumb. That happens a lot. A lot of guys in the thumb joint or tendon, they get tears going in. You guys have felt that soreness, right? So stacking the quote unquote, I hate using that word, but just for the sake of argument, stacking the wrap, gauze tape, gauze tape, gauze tape, keeps the wrist a little more sturdy. So it doesn't bend as much. You don't get as much bend in your wrist. That does limit what you can do offensively with your moving and grappling kind of stuff, but it keeps your, your fist, your wrist, not your fist, your wrist straighter. And it makes some guys, some fighters feel more secure, um, in their wrist, their wrist health, if you will. Okay. So that's really, it's just a preference that some guys have. That's it. And that's just how some guys do it. So there's nothing illegal about it. So all this controversy and all these YouTube videos and people posting stuff on all various forms of social media talking about it, they're talking about something that is not a factor. It's simply not an issue. So a lot of you are wasting your time talking about something that doesn't matter. I say all that and I recognize there have been issues in boxing throughout the years of people doing shady stuff with hand wraps. Louis Resto and that whole incident with Panama Lewis, right? There are plenty of things we can we can point out, okay? Plenty of examples and instances I can pull out. So I'm not trying to be naive here. Believe me, that's the last thing I am when it comes to this stuff, okay? You guys know I'm not afraid to call out corruption and stuff when I see it. But based upon everything that we've seen here and everything that we've heard here, this is not an issue. It's just not. So I think it was simple mind games from Fulton's team to try to get in Inouye's head and piss him off. We'll see how that affects him in the fight. I don't know. Um, Inouye is going to be facing a style and a mindset that he hasn't faced yet. Okay, I'm talking about the Philly fighter mindset and the Philly fighter style. And the, the whole, not just Fulton, but his whole team, his whole camp, the way they do things and their mentality, the, the culture and style they're going to bring into the ring. This is new territory for Inouye. Okay. So he's going to be in it here. We'll see how he handles all this. I just think it's simple mind games from Fulton's team. You can decide whether you like it or not. I don't even have no issue with this crap. Um, the, my issue is the idiots who are taking it and running with it on social media that know better, or at least should know better. Uh, also on this card, <clears throat> I should mention real quick before I give you guys my thoughts on who's going to win, Robisi Ramirez versus Satoshi Shimizu for uh, Ro Ramirez's uh, 
featherweight belt that he won uh, earlier this year. This will be his first defense. So I like Ramirez in that fight. Big. <clears throat> now let's talk about the main event as I take a quick drink here. Ah, Pellegrino. Ah, yeah, I love the bubbles. Love the bubbles. Okay. Um, listen, this is a 50-50 fight. For the, all the, the reasons I mentioned, um, it is totally conceivable that Fulton will be able to smother and nullify Inouye's work because of his natural sizing strength and his style that once again, Inouye has not faced yet and will find difficult early on. Mark my freaking words on that. Um, it, he's going to be stifled those first few rounds and he's going to, after three or four rounds, he's going to be down in the cards and in a way he's going to be saying, what the hell is this? And he's going to have to respond and make adjustments. Um, so it, it's totally conceivable that Fulton can kind of do that for 12 rounds and kind of Bernard Hopkins in a way. Um, it, it's not a perfect analogy, but when, uh, when J rock, when he fought um, Hurd, Jarrett Hurd. So when Julian Williams fought Jarrett Hurd, remember that fight? Hurd was seen as this big, powerful guy, rolls downhill. J-Rock was able to smother everything that guy wanted to do and just outcraft him on the inside. Bernard Hopkins was able to do that in multiple fights. He did it against Kelly Pavlik um, later on in his life. He was able to art, outsmart guys. And just, again, I bring these two guys up as examples because they're Philly fighters. It's conceivable that Fulton can do that here. It is. I don't see Fulton getting a stoppage. I don't see that. But I could see him stifling and, and uh, nullifying everything that Inouye wants to do in winning a decision. And it, it, you could conceivably, it could be a wide decision for Fulton. On the flip side, it is absolutely conceivable that in a way, again, after a couple rounds of seeing some of the, the trickiness and, and the, the things he's not used to seeing, starts to make adjustments and starts to punch through the guard and nail Fulton on his arms, his shoulders, uh, his forearms, bicep, all of it. Gets him to drop his guard, land some shots upstairs. If, if, if Fulton goes into the high guard, in a way, lands some shots downstairs. He comes right down the middle to the body, uh, get, gets Fulton to tighten up, then starts looping to the body. Obviously, in a way, is a lot faster and more explosive. And I still think he'll carry that explosiveness at 122. I don't know if it's going to be quite as effective as it has been in the lower divisions. I don't know if he's going to be able to hit Fulton harder than like Brandon Figueroa and guys like that did, but it, it's possible. It's, it's very, very possible. Um, so I'm talking about the possible right now, not the probable. Okay. So hear me out on all this. It's, it's possible that in a way breaks through the guard and breaks Fulton down and um, scores maybe a late knockdown or two, perhaps a late stoppage. But even if there are no knockdowns, he scores enough points and does enough damage and has Fulton a little swollen up and lumped up at the end of the fight to win a comfortable decision in his homeland of Japan. So I can see either of those two scenarios playing out. I really, really could. It's also very, very possible at the same time that we have a very close fight because these are two very different styles and we get a controversial scorecard. And there are fans out there who are not happy with it. 
All those are possibilities here. That is why this is such a great matchup. Okay. 90% of the fights we see, we know who's going to win, or at least we have a very good idea who's going to win. The two fights this week, the two main fights, you don't have a clear idea who's going to win. It could really go either way. Here's what I think is probable. And here's what I think is probably going to happen. And what would be my official pick? Okay. I do think that Fulton will have some good moments early. I think he's going to start very, very well. I think that he's going to win several of the first three, four rounds pretty easily. And in a way, his offense is going to be limited. But I don't, I just don't see him doing that for 12 rounds. I see in a way starting to break through in the middle rounds. I see some very close swing rounds in the middle rounds of this fight. And then I see in a way starting to do some big things late. And he wins the majority of the late rounds, the championship rounds. Enough so to get a very close decision on the cards. I think this is going to distance. I think Inouye wins 115-113, maybe one, one scorecard's 116-112. And there will be American fans, the same idiots making these videos on YouTube, that will say Fulton got robbed. And they think Fulton won the fight. I think that's probably what's going to happen. Okay? That's the way I see it. Um, let's move on. And um, I'll get to you guys' calls in just a minute here. I'm, let me make sure. I want to make sure. I thought I saw a super chat. want to make sure I didn't miss it. Oh, there it is. Corey Lee boxing with the super chat. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. Just tipping the show. I like that. I like that. Thank you very much. <clears throat> okay. Let's, uh, let's go to Friday. A lot of people are overlooking this fight. Friday, Las Vegas, ESPN+. Plus. Sinesia Strada, super bad, defending her unified, her two unified bantamweight belts. Uh, I've always liked Estrada. I think that she's um, absolutely one of the best female fighters in the world. She might be the best female fighter in the world, pound for pound. She's certainly in the top three or four, and I've felt that way for a while. I've been saying it for a while. It's not necessarily uh, agreed upon universally yet, but I think everyone else will catch up to me. Um, on that eventually. My wife and I met Senecia and, and her family and her team, hell, probably eight, nine years ago. Um, I think it was Azteca Boxing Club. We did a workout there and um, th there was a, a, a clothing brand doing um, like a photo shoot and they included Tiff and I in it. Uh, but Senecia was there. We met her. This was long before she was a world champion, whatever. So I've been following her and keeping up with her for almost a decade. Okay. And she's a real fighter. She's legit. She's skilled. She knows what she's doing. She's fun to watch. So um, that will be fun. That's on ESPN plus as well. By the way, I should mention over the summer, just looking at the schedule, the zone is dog shit. Their, their schedules just dog shit. Showtime's has Showtime has some pay-per-views, including this weekend, but outside of Showtime pay-per-view, their schedule's dog shit. ESPN, however, ESPN slash ESPN plus pretty solid schedule. That's going to carry the summer. So I think PBC had a good start to the year, although most of their good fights were all on pay-per-view um, top rank had a decent start, but they're actually carrying the summer. If you just look at the schedule uh, and look at, look at this week, it's like matchups like that, that you're going to get over the summer, a few interesting matchups, uh, Baturbia versus, um, uh, who, uh, Wal, uh, 
Is it Liam Walsh? No, 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 no. Ah, why can't I think of his name? <clears throat> Smith. Um, that's on ESPN, ESPN Plus, one of those. Um, so, so they've got a couple of really, really solid fights. I just noticed on the schedule coming up this summer. All right, uh, this Saturday, July 29th, it's the big one at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Showtime, pay-per-view. Before I get to the main event, uh, I should mention Nonito Donair. Um, and this is full circle. I mentioned him earlier when I was talking about Naoya Inoue. He was supposed to fight earlier this month. That fight got scrapped on that event, and they moved it to uh, this card, the Spence Crawford card. So Nito Donaire fighting on that card. So is Isaac Cruz. They're both fighting for vacant titles. These are just um, business transactions, really. Donaire and Cruz are going to win these vacant belts. It's a business thing with the PBC. Um, the main event, Errol Spence, 28-0, and 0, going up against Terrence Crawford, who is 39-0 for the undisputed welterweight championship of the world. Spence bringing three titles with him, Crawford, one title. Uh, let's look at a couple of X's and O's here, all right? Um, Spence only has 28 pro fights. He went pro in 2018. As I mentioned, Crawford has 11 more. He did go pro four years earlier, though. So Crawford's had the longer pro career. He's also, of course, um, moved up in weight. He started at lightweight and then fought at junior welterweight. And now, of course, is at uh, welterweight. He has been for five years. Terrence moved up to the welterweight division, I think, in the summer of 2018 when he fought Jeff Horn. And he won a belt there. That was kind of a business transaction with top rank. You know, they're just kind of... Horn basically sold that belt to, to Terrence Crawford. He got paid well for it. And uh, Crawford's held that belt ever since. And his, his <clears throat> welterweight resume has been disrespected and, and, and put down. But, you know, honestly, it's not great. But his welterweight resume isn't bad. I mean, if you look at some of the guys he fought, yes, they were past their prime. Um, but there also are some guys on there that I think are just underappreciated, solid B-level fighters. Terrence Crawford's hardly lost a round. I mean, there was a flash knockdown of one fight. He's lost a couple rounds here or there. But for the most part, man, he's been really, really dominant in his welterweight run. Obviously, he has not faced the absolute elite of the division. Uh, Spence does have a better welterweight resume because his father is a welterweight his entire pro career, right? So over a decade as a pro at welterweight. So he's fought overall the better opposition at welterweight. But I do think some of the guys Spence has fought um, are kind of overrated. You know, um, his, his wins over both Garcias, Danny and especially Mikey, are those wins any better than Terrence Crawford's wins against Kavaliauskas and Benavidez? I don't know about that. I, I really don't because Mikey Garcia was a semi-retired bloated lightweight and Danny Garcia was a semi-retired businessman bloated junior welterweight. And none of those guys ever really did anything in the welterweight division. So um, now, you know, Spence did beat Porter. Crawford beat Porter, but Spence beat a younger, fresher version of him. So like Spence does have so, some high-level wins. I think the Ugas win is a good win. Obviously, he is the better overall resume, but some people out there make it seem like it's like light years better than Crawford's. I don't know about that. I really, really don't. 
If Crawford's resume at welterweight is a B, then we'll give Errol Spence's resume an A. But it's not like it's A versus D or something. You know what I'm saying? It's not that far off. Um, inactivity, big deal for, for really both of these fighters, but especially for Errol Spence. Spence has had two fights since 2019. By the time he stepped, do you hear me? Two fights since 2019. Okay, two fights in over three years. By the time he steps in the ring Saturday night against Crawford, he will have a 15-month layoff. And he's had several of these layoffs in recent years. It hasn't affected him because he's been fighting guys like Ugas, Garcia, et cetera. Will it affect him against a guy like Crawford? I would think so, but maybe not. Maybe not. But at some point, the bad lifestyle choices outside of the ring, the excessive drinking and stuff, um, the, the blow up in weight and the inactivity, like those things eventually are going to catch up to you. It might not be this fight, but it will happen at some point. He's a human being. Now on the other side, Crawford, you know, he's only had three fights since 2019, but his last fight was seven months ago. I think the Porter fight was last December, right? If I remember correctly. So he's coming off with a seven month layoff. Um, so he's been slightly more active. He hasn't been out of the ring for well over a year, like Spence has. And at his age, he's a couple years older than Spence. And remember, he started as a lightweight. So smaller fighters age faster. Um, at his age, perhaps those um, this break, the seven-month break, isn't necessarily a bad thing. And, you know, he performed well against Porter, who was kind of semi-retired and passed his best at that point himself. So a uh, good, good, good win for Crawford, but does that necessarily prepare him for Errol Spence? I don't know about that. We shall see. I tried to find odds um, and the odds have shifted a little bit for this. I was just looking at what the book bookmakers got. You guys can correct me on this if it's changed, but according to the last odds I found, Bud is currently a minus 120 favorite. And I think when this fight was announced, Spence was the slight favorite. So the odds have shifted right before the fight, which is interesting. And Bud is now the slight favorite. Spence is a plus 100 underdog. Here's also what's interesting. Um, for win by knockout, Bud is the slight betting favorite. For win by decision, Errol is the slight favorite. And the only draw I could find was a plus 1,600. So, um, which I find that very interesting too, because I think a draw is highly possible here. Uh, especially when you find out that there is a rematch clause for both sides. Um, just the draw at 1600, that's interesting to me. That might be a smart play if those odds are, are that good. I mean, uh, if you only got to put 100 bucks down and you get that much, you guys could tell me if I'm reading this wrong. Um, but that seems like a pretty good play. Uh, maybe I'm reading the odds wrong. I'm not super, super versed on that stuff. So you guys could tell me, maybe Fad will call in and break that stuff down. Um, okay, here's how I see this real quick and then we'll jump to some calls. <clears throat> oh, you got, I got corrected in the chat. Let me, uh, let me just correct this real quick. A couple of you guys, X8, Nacho, uh, you guys have told me that uh, Crawford's last fight was against Avenizi and that's right, it wasn't Porter. Thank you so much guys for correcting me on that. Thank you very, very much obviously fighting Avenesian. And that was that BLK prime thing, right? That lost like millions of dollars. That show did so 
bad. I feel I feel bad for the people uh, that lost their ass on that. The investors that show lost so much money. Anyway, uh, yeah, fighting Avenesian, That's not preparing you for Errol Spence. So this is a huge bump up in opposition for. I'm going to say for both guys. I, I really am, but particularly for Crawford, the size and strength he's going to be up against with uh, Spence. That, that, that's something new to him. Okay. Um, <clears throat> how do I see this playing out? Look, I go back and forth. Um, I, again, this is another great fight because it's 50-50. And look, I, I could mention that this fight's several years too late. I have to, I have to say, and I know some of you younger guys will be pissed. If this was the 80s or 90s, these guys would be fighting their rubber match right now, right? Um, and we're going to be talking about that stuff in the following weeks as the pay-per-view numbers and all that come out, okay? Um, because this doesn't have the super fight kind of feel to it. I felt like there was a lot more excitement, and I heard a lot more people talking about the Javante Davis-Ryan Garcia fight, which is crazy to me because none of those, neither of those guys were nearly as accomplished as these two fighters. But these guys don't have the most dynamic personalities. They haven't been promoted very well. Uh, Spence on the PBC side and Bud on the top rank side. Their promotions, and I know Crawford's now a free agent, right? But but I'm just saying he was built up by top rank. Um, those two organizations did a good job getting these guys titles and getting them big, big fights and all that good stuff. But they haven't been promoted very well. So this doesn't have like this big fight week kind of feel to me. And I don't know if it's because uh, Fulton in a way is taking some of the steam from it. It may be like Thursday, Friday, we'll start to get that feel. But right now it just doesn't feel like that, right? Am I alone in that? Or do you guys agree with me? Uh, anyway, it really could go either way. Um, it, what's funny is I felt, the, the odds makers have gone from Spence to Crawford, but a lot of my friends have gone from Crawford to Spence. A, a lot of my friends have changed their vote and are now picking Spence. And I'm trying not to let any of that mess with my head. My gut feel for this fight has always been that Terrence Crawford just has, both of these guys have dog in them. Both of these guys. They are real ass fighters. Both of them. Okay. Uh, and they command and deserve respect. But Crawford to me has an extra degree of craft in him. And he's a wiry, strong guy. Spence is strong as hell, you know, for, for welterweight. I don't know how the hell he makes 147, especially with the inactivity, but he does. He's a freak. But Crawford has that like brute strengthen him. I don't know what it is. It's something in Nebraska. <laughs> Maybe it's the Nebraska water or something, but he's got that wrestling. He's got a little bit of a wrestling background. He's just got that core kind of wiry strength to him. And I actually, a lot of people think Spence is going to bully Crawford on the inside and stuff. And I just can't see that. Now, maybe it will happen and I'll be proven wrong, but man, I just can't see that at the same time, Crawford sure as hell ain't going to bully Spence. Okay. Um, I, these guys are really evenly matched, but when I just look at the, the amount of craft that Crawford has shown us in the past, being able to switch hit Southpaw orthodox. Um, and then the way he finishes dudes, when he gets them hurt, 
right? Spence is, is marketed as this power punching kind of guy, but let me actually pull up Spence's resume real quick. Um, and I get it. Spence has fought the better welterweights, as I mentioned before, but he doesn't have the, the same stoppages, this, the same um, record of stoppages as, um, as Crawford does. So I'm, I'm pulling up Crawford's resume here. Crawford has 30 knockouts and 39 fights. Now, obviously, most of that is smaller guys. Um, what percentage is that? I can't do the math. 77%. Oh, look, I stand corrected. Spence has 22 stoppages and 28 fights. He's got a 78, 79% um, knockout percentage. So, so there you go. It's pretty much even. But when I look at recent fights, okay, Spence, his stoppage win over Ugas was more of an accumulation type of thing. Um, he got a unanimous decision win over Garcia, decisions over Porter, Mikey Garcia. His last explosive, destructive knockout was Carlos Ocampo in 2018. Before that, he broke down Kel Brook in 11 rounds, the same Kel Brook that was destroyed in half as many rounds by Gennady Golovkin in his previous fight. So Brook was coming off facial reconstructive surgery and moving down 14 pounds, and it took 11 rounds for Spence to get him out of there. Um, before that, it was Leonard Boondu. Before that, Chris Algieri. Okay, so now we're getting into B and C level guys um, before that. So I, I don't see Spence as having this truly elite level power against the absolute best of the division. <clears throat> Crawford doesn't have one punch knockout power, but he's got a real shark instinct in him when he gets a guy hurt. And I just think that if he, if there's a knockdown that's going to be scored in this fight, I actually think Crawford can catch Spence at some point and drop him. I think Spence will get up and fight back. I th this fight's going the distance, in my opinion. It's, I've always felt it's a distance fight. Um, and I do think it's actually going to be a lot more technical, a lot of fainting, a lot of jabbing than people hope for. I, I see ex little explosive sequences, but in between that, it's going to be a lot of posturing, grappling, flailing, you know, that sort of thing to get position, jockeying for position. Uh, in the end, I'm... Here's, here's what I'm going to say officially on the record, okay? I'm just going to make a bold prediction here. I think Terrence Crawford's going to win seven rounds. Now, notice, I said Terrence Crawford is going to win seven rounds. I did not say Terrence Crawford's going to win the fight. I think some of you know where I'm going with this. I believe Errol Spence will win a very disputed, close controversial decision in Las Vegas, setting up a rematch for these two next year at junior middleweight after Jamel Charlo dumps his belts, which he's going to ultimately have to do because he's fighting Canelo. Uh, these guys will dump Spence will dump his undisputed welterweight championship. So PBC can hook boots and this up and get that whole thing going. Um, and then these guys will move up and do a rematch at 154. I actually think, this is going to play out not exactly the same, but similarly to the first two Canelo Golovkin fights in terms of the way the decisions go down. That is what I see taking place. I actually think Spence will lose this fight 
in the eyes of many fans, but he will look better next year when he's more active and fighting at a more natural weight. And Crawford will be fighting at a more unnatural weight, even more than he is now. So um, I think Spence will probably win the rematch in the eyes of many fans, but it'll be very, very close and controversial as well. But this fight, I'm going to say Crawford wins about seven rounds, but not on the scorecards. And Errol Spence gets the decision here. That is what I see taking place. I'm not trying to suggest that there's corruption and, and this is all preordained and I heard something. I'm not, not suggesting any of that. I'm just saying this is the business of boxing. There is a rematch clause lined up already. Ask yourself, which one of these two fighters has been the Al Heyman guy from the cradle, from, you know, from right when he went pro? Which one? Who's the top-ranked product? Do the math. Who's promoting this show? Where is it at? I'm just telling who has done more pay-per-views? It's not that Spence is a big pay-per-view star because he's not, but he has done more pay-per-view business and he has sold more pay-per-views overall than Crawford. Actually, a lot more, collectively, a lot more. So there is bigger business down the line. Keep in mind, PBC just did a three-fight deal with Canelo. It is not outside of the realm of possibility for Al Heyman to put Canelo in the ring against Jermel Charlo. Canelo will beat Jermel. And then they do the brother revenge factor with Jermel next year. And then we see Errol Spence fight Canelo Alvarez in the third fight. I'm telling you guys, it's possible. So I'm not saying that's exactly how all that's going to play. A lot of things got to take place over the next few years for all that to play out. Okay. But these two fighters, I see this kind of looking like an all American version of Canelo Golovkin. I think a lot of fans are going to feel that Crawford did enough to win. Spence gets the decision, sets up a rematch. That's how I see it. Okay. Uh, let me make sure. Okay. Phone lines are good. You're up. Oh, I've been going for almost an hour already. Damn. All right. Let's jump to some calls. Guys, we got to keep these calls as quick as possible. Okay. Rapid fire combinations. All right. Here we go. First call. This is Thad. Thad, what's up, my man? How you doing? Hey, Mike. Great breakdown. Uh, I won't reiterate a lot of the things you went over, you know, but uh, I just want to ask you, uh, do you have a show on on Friday? I don't know yet. Uh, maybe, maybe, but okay. I, I, I don't know. It depends on how things go with the kid and, and all that. Okay. Yeah, we'll know a lot when the uh, that uh, weigh-in comes in with, with Spence and Crawford. But yeah. my, my whole thing on that on Saturday, okay, I think um, I think it's like you said, it's a draw or a Spence by decision, and, and it's going to be ugly. And it's, it's going to be a sparring session. Yeah. I don't think these guys are going to want to commit. I don't think these guys are going to want to take risks. And I just think it's going to be a glorified sparring session. Both guys are past their prime. Spence is 33 and he's punch drunk. Okay. That accident didn't do him no favors. Crawford's an old 35. His, his entire reflex is it's, it's all on timing. It's all on reflex at 35. And at, at this weight, when he's doing all that snack stuff with, uh, you know, he's geared up, um, you know, doing these, uh, cross training stuff with lifting the tire and all that crap. Hey, that's going to, that's going to have a, an effect on your, on your reaction time with your reflexes. He might look like an old man. I'm just saying he might, it's possible. I, I just think he might've lost something. 
So don't be shocked if you see a draw or a Spence by decision. It's going to be very hard for Crawford to win a decision, as we all know. In Las Vegas, the corruption capital of the world, and I don't care who gets pissed off about it because we've seen it this year, back-to-back with Barroso, getting absolutely robbed by the referee, Tony Weeks, who was called in to do his job to get Raleigh Romero a title, and then the Lomachenko fiasco, where Haney was panicking between rounds, talking to his father, getting advice, and, and Lomachenko was beating his ass during those rounds, doing everything his father was saying he couldn't do. So the judges, Moretti, you know, they were called in to do their job, and they did their job, okay? We know what it is in Las Vegas. And I just don't know who the money fighter is in Spence Crawford. I don't know who's backing it's, it's who. It's I know Heyman. It's Spence? Yeah. All right. Well, then Crawford's not going to be able to win a decision. He has to knock him down, and he's got to win 10 clear rounds because that's been how it is. Usyk won nine or ten, nine rounds against uh, AJ in Saudi Arabia. One, one idiot, Feldman, had it 115-113, okay? You literally have to win 10 rounds like Bivol against Canelo to get a, a, a decision against these house fighters in Las Vegas and anywhere else that the money is on these guys. So buyer beware this weekend. Normally, I would have taken Maxi Hughes for a big bet. I changed it to Cambosos by decision. I won a lot of money. Why? Because I knew he was the house fighter and I knew he wasn't going to lose a decision if it was left, you know, to these guys' own devices. So that's my rant on, you know, what to expect in boxing in Las Vegas. I think Japan, however, they have honor. That's, That's a society with honor, and you don't have to worry about a corrupt decision over there. The only way that could happen is if maybe Heyman got through to Guido Cavieri in Italy and and somehow, you know, got into his account. But barring that, I think you're going to see fair fights in Japan. Okay. Um, but for Saturday, I wouldn't bet that fight. The only thing I'd bet is, is the corruption. Take a draw or take Spence by decision. And the, uh, the Donaire fight with Santiago, I don't think Donaire is going to give that code red to Santiago. Private Santiago is going to pull that out on a, uh, uh, on, um, volume. And he's going to outwork okay. Donaire. Yeah, okay. This age, I don't, it I don't see. It could happen. They're trying to get Donaire that belt. And Mike, I mean, they're trying to. But, yeah. yeah. Well, they're trying, they might be trying to, and that might, you know, tilt it, but I just see Santiago outworking him and Donaire having an extra two weeks to possibly be overtrained at his age. And I know how that is. That extra two weeks is going to matter, and Donaire might not have it late. And he, he might get work, outworked down the line. And Santiago, at plus 130, is a very, very good bet, in my opinion. Don't go crazy on it, but it's, it's an underdog that, that could win and should win, in my opinion. You know, based on history. If you go by history, that's a beautiful bet. Now, I'm a fan again for tomorrow, okay? I'm going to have a nice Sicilian omelet, and I'm going to have a gourmet coffee, and I'm going to celebrate this fight tomorrow. Unfortunately, you know, it left a bad taste in my mouth. All the idiots that brought up all this garbage that PBC interjected and, and these idiots that they pay on these LDBC, YTCB, whatever channels that they use as propaganda to put out that in a way was somehow implicated in whatever that's nonsense it's all garbage put out there to save their fighter fulton from any embarrassment of losing okay and i think he's going to lose even with the size advantage i think he's going to lose and lose royally and i see in a way who really is a samurai death before dishonor this guy's not going to back down he's going to find a way to do it i lo- i like a stoppage between between nine and twelve or a decision okay to hedge your bet there but 
if you're going to, I think the value bet, Mike, a value bet on the, if you can get at the casino, which I can, you know, my online stuff, I can't do it now to get really good odds. But last week you could have over six and a half. I think it's like minus 500 and then over seven and a half, it drops down to minus 250. I think that's the area where you can get away with putting a nice size bet at minus 250 to win a hundred. Okay, a hundred dollar profit. I think it's pretty safe that Donaire, um, or excuse me, in a way, would not get rid of Fulton until at least the ninth round. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a stretch. I think it would be between ten and twelve that he gets it done, if at all, because that size is a big hindrance in getting a knockout. Let me, quick, Haney... <laughs> Let me ask you this real quick, Let me ask you this real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt, but because because I, I want to make sure I got this right. I saw the odds for a draw with Spence Crawford was plus sixteen hundred. Now, does that mean you got to bet sixteen hundred to win a hundred? No. Or do you no. bet a hundred based on a hundred dollar bet? So you, you yeah, everything's based on a hundred dollar bet. So you can win sixteen hundred dollars so on a hundred dollar bet. Correct. And in wow. my now in my odds, Mike. I have plus 1,400 in a lot of places. And I will tell you that William Hill Sports Casino in Las Vegas is the absolute, they they make the lines. They're the first one. Every other casino looks to them first. William Hill is the place to look. And Crawford's always been the favorite against Spence. I thought he would be more of a favorite. Just looking at people, okay, the public, the public perception, they all like Crawford. You know, you have the fanboys that love Spence. But I expected that line to really go higher. It didn't. It's staying steady. And Crawford right now at William Hill is minus 155, okay. meaning you have to bet 155 to win 100 profit. Okay. And the draw props plus 1400, pretty much standard. You can get 1600 if you shop lines, like you said, which I think is a solid bet. I think that bike can, can definitely be a draw. Yeah, that, that's um, like, that's so, the play, dude. If you got a hundred bucks, it really holy is. Holy shit. Because there's really a really is. good chance this Mike, thing is a draw. Really good chance. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell people a draw will nullify any rematch clause on both sides. So they'd be free either either fighter after a draw. If they want it, they could have another fight with anyone else and it's not contracted. Okay, they're not contracted or obligated to have a fight. So if it flops immediate rematch. They don't have to go into an immediate yeah. rematch. Okay. Right. Interesting. So this is this is something yeah. I didn't want to really talk about because I don't want the line to really, you know, the word gets Hopefully, out. I know. Sometimes the show moves the lines. Like we've seen that a few times, right? <laughs> yeah, it does sometimes. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's a you have to consider the politics here. Both fighters are free, just like Wilder versus Fury. In the first fight, they could fight whoever else afterwards, and they did because it was a draw. There was they didn't have to enact a rematch clause. But Mike, here, here's what I really want to ask you about Fulton and Inouye. Now, Stephen Fulton, he has a full-grown beard at the weigh-in. He's going to have another 24 hours to, well, another whatever, how many hours, but to regrow that, that beard, it's going to be about two or three inches. I know for a fact you can, you know, buff that up, put Vaseline in it, and it's very difficult to get a clean shot at a, at a, at a fighter's chin when you have more than 24 hour growth, which he has, he's going to have about maybe 36 to 48 hours growth on that beard. That's illegal. Nobody's talking about it because they distracted everybody by talking about all that other bullshit. But I want to get your opinion on the beard that Fulton has right now to cushion the blow. 
Yeah, look, I've heard about this before. before. I know, um, and beards have been used to like rub into cuts and all that kind of stuff. We've seen that in certain fights. Um, my thing is, if the commission doesn't say anything, it's fair game. It's up to the commission to say something about okay. it, and I don't think they have. Uh, Inouye's team hasn't right. said anything about it, so at, at that point, it's it's fair game in my opinion. Well, that's a big advantage that might you know reflect on the uh, the knockout props. Um, I know the odds are favoring the knockout for Inouye. That's the most popular. That's what the odds makers think is going to happen is Inouye by knockout. It's plus 100. Inouye by decision is plus 200. Okay. And then with, uh, with Fulton, he's not going to knock him out. The only play you have on Fulton is to take him by decision, and then you're getting really good odds. Okay? So there's, there's a lot to be gained by looking and chopping around for odds. And the over-under of that fight is 11 rounds. Mm. All right? And they favor it to go over 11, but yet they favor it to be a, a knockout on the does it go 12. So they're, trying, they're screwing with us, these odds makers, these sites. You know, it, you have to read the lines. I, I wish I could go in deeper, Mike. I know you're pressed for time. There's so much to be gained by these sorts of things. When you research lines, you can tell who the experts think is going to win, when they're going to win, and how they're going to win. You just have to do the math. And it really takes a long time to do it. But there's a lot of, a lot of pearls you can pick up by that. I'm just trying to tell people, look at these lines, and you can kind of get an inkling on where they, where they think the fight's going to end up and how. But if you do that with Spence Crawford, they think it's going decision. They think it's going decision. They think Inouye is going to win by by knockout late, very late, ten between ten and twelve, and that's how I think it's going to end. Although a decision wouldn't shock me either. It's going to be a fair fight. There's no corruption in in Japan. These people have the impeccable honor in Japan, and that sucks to say. I'm an American, and I and I, I just look at our boxing system as a disgrace right now. It's absolutely WWE times 10. And WWE is supposed to be entertainment. Boxing is supposed to be a sport. But in America, it's changed. It's flip-flopped. It's, it's totally WWE. Okay? The, it's, it's almost like it's scripted. It really is. And, and now I'm starting to bet fights based on the script. And it won me money last week. That's what you got to do. And that's just how it goes. That's just what you, that's, you do. That's how I'm going to do my predictions from now on. If you can't on beat them, join them. But that, I got to jump out of the Join them, Mike. That's sure thing. Take Th care, man. Thanks a lot, man. Good luck to everybody. Uh, Bye. All right. There he goes. Um, okay. Let's jump right to, we got Nacho next here. Let's get Nacho man on the show. Nacho, what's up, brother? Yo, Mike. Not much. Um, just mm -hmm. uh, uh, really quick. Um, I hate to say it, but he's right about the the way things have uh, been going lately as far as decisions here in the U.S. Um, yeah, it's just terrible, especially with the past, this fight this past weekend with Hughes and uh, Cambosos. I thought Hughes deserved to win that fight, but unfortunately, the house fighter got the nod, even though he didn't deserve it in Cambosos. So, you know, unfortunately, that that just was a prime example of how bad the judging has become here in the u.s uh lately so um as far as the the fight tomorrow night mike i kind of have to agree with that i don't think that in new way is going to necessarily be bothered by like all the things that the tactics that fulton and his team have been trying to pull mostly his team because fulton doesn't seem like he's the one that yeah it's not um, him is it's kind of him. putting it out there yeah it, it's his team 
And I just think that Inouye is too smart and he's too clever to fall for that stuff. And I think what's going to happen is I think they lit a fire under Inouye to come out and prove that, you know, um, he's the real deal. And I think Fulton will, will be competitive in the first half of the fight. I think he's going to manage to, to hang around and, and um, you know, trouble Inouye with his style and with what he does. But I think the second half of the fight is going to be key. I think Inouye is going to start to really pepper him to the body. He's going to start trying to cut the ring off even more so. And then as the fight goes on, I think he's just going to gradually break uh, Fulton down. And um, I could see a late TKO, or I could see Fulton managing to survive and go the full 12. But I wouldn't be surprised either way. I could see Inouye getting the stoppage in like 11, or if not even 12, or Fulton just doing enough to survive and get to 12. But I just, right now I'm leaning... Uh, 55-45 that knew is going to win this fight, Mike. Okay. I just, I just think there's a little bit of an edge. I think they they gave him by insinuating he's dirty and he's doing all this illegal shit. I think they've kind of lit a fire under him, and he's going to come out there and he's going to prove to them that he is the superior fighter. So I favor Nui to win that fight tomorrow. Um, on Saturday, Mike, I kind of hate to say it, but I think Sad is right in the sense that. After the weigh-in or during the weigh-in, because I know they're going to weigh in uh, Friday morning. They're not going to do the actual weigh-in Friday afternoon like they said they are at 3 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, Yeah, it's all for show. I have a feeling that Spence is going to probably be about 165 to 170 on Saturday night. And I just think that size advantage that he's going to have on Crawford is going to keep him in the fight. Um, I think the key is going to be for Crawford is he's going to have to box from the outside at the beginning. And then as the fight wears on, then start to step on the gas and go after Spence. Because I think what Spence is going to do is Spence is going to want to attack right away and kind of impose himself on, on Crawford with his size and his strength. And I think if Crawford is, is got a game plan, I would say just stick and move get Spence tired, force him to have to reset every time that he comes at uh, Crawford trying to throw punches. Don't just stand dead center right in front of him and let him tee off. I think he's got to move and he's going to give him angles and force him to have to work uh, hard that first half of the fight. And then after that, I think Spence is going to be in trouble because as as the fight goes on, he gets heavier legs and heavier arms and he just doesn't perform as well if uh, you force them to have to work. So I could definitely see Spence getting tired, and I could see Crawford going out there and just starting to pick him apart in the second half of the fight. And like you said, Mike, as much as I hate to say this, I could totally see Crawford winning the in the public's opinion, but him getting screwed by um, the judges and, and Spence being the in-house fighter in order to force the uh, the rematch. I mean, Unless Crawford literally just chops him up and stops him, he's not going to win that fight. I hate to say it. I think they're going to find some way by hook or by crook to controversially give it to Spence if he manages to go the full 12. Unless uh, unless he, unless he Crawford gets multiple knockdowns or stops him, I, I just think that they're going to find a way to try to give it to Spence. I, I mean, which is sad because th- that's just an indictment on the sport that we're out here 
saying that we think yeah, one guy has we all feel a that huge right? built-in as a, yeah, yeah, it does. It, because it's supposed to be a 50-50 fight. But in reality, it feels more like it's 60-40 slandered for Spence yeah. because of the judges and, and, and the promoter who's involved. So, you know, I mean, uh, I, I hope I hope Crawford proves me wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised if some shenanigans happen and he ends up uh, getting the short end of the stick on this fight, Mike. So, all right, Mike, that was it. I'm sure you got other people waiting. I don't want to keep it too long. Thanks so much, Nacho. Great call, man. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, right. ciao. All right, let's keep it going here. We got, wow, we got a bunch of calls. There's no way I'm getting all these. Uh, I think this is Jack. Let's see. Uh, Jack, is that you? Yeah, man, how you doing? It's been a long time, Michael Montero. Yes, how you doing, man? Good, how are you, bro? I see. Have y'all seen how adorable little Jackie is, bro? It looks literally, what's up, Bill X Recording? It literally looks like a baby version of Tiffany and Michael. Like, imagine <laughs> what it would look like. That's the baby. I love that. Crazy. Thank but, you um, so much, Jack. Thank you. She, dude, she just turned nine months so, yesterday. She is just, uh, she's incredible, man. She's incredible. High five. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome, though, man. Um, um, so I got to start off doing a few impressions because of some of the people like, hey, what's up? It's Nacho. Then we got um, it's my boy Johnny Boy is uh, watching. Uh, I think Johnny Boy's well, uh, watching. Yeah. He's not going to take the fucking fight, Jack. He's not going <laughs> to take the fucking fight. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we got Sad. Yeah, it's Sad. Uh, he's going to win by not. He's going to. I can't even think of Sad, but that is wild. Thinking a beard can grow that much in twenty four hours. Like, I mean, yeah, he's a grown. The vastly in the beard, beard thing, though. Much- there's something to that. It has been done before. Um, but it, yeah, it's not going to make you take the punch better, but punches slide off more. I have seen guys do like, just throw like a tub of Vaseline in the beard. Uh, I have seen it. Yeah. John Pascal, John Pascal against Kovalev. I remember the HBO commentators were saying something about it. And what they call it. Bernard Hopkins was saying, yeah, there's a bunch of broken things under that beard. Though. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's for real though. But um, so one thing I want to say that you uh, you said that I want to correct on, um, Crawford does have one-punch knockout power. Crawford can knock people out. We saw that in his last fight against, uh, what's his name, dude to beat Josh Kelly. Avenesian. Um, Avenesian. Avenesian. We saw that. He knocked him out with a beautiful uh, counter, like touch, and then he knocked him out with one punch. It was pretty. And then we saw, yeah, no, bro, I'm telling you, Crawford does have one-punch knockout power, and we saw because every single one of his fights at welterweight, have ended in knockout. And um, Sean Porter, first guy to stop Sean Porter, uh, I wouldn't even say it's one-punch knockout part. It's more like precision. But for my prediction for the fight, you're going to be surprised. I think Spence is a much better boxer. I think Spence mm. is like a machine. But in the end, I think Spence is going to be outboxing him. Probably like seven rounds to two. I think, he's gonna, I think it's going to look like a lot of other Spence fights. I'm serious. I think Spence is going to really outbox him, and then I think Crawford's going to catch him and finish him. Wow. I think Crawford's instinct is too much. I think Spence is a little chinny. I think Crawford. I think Crawford's going to catch him bad, and if Crawford catches you, it's pretty much done. Yeah, that's a great prediction, man. That's a nice bold prediction. I love it. Very specific and bold. I love it. Yeah, because I do think I do think Spence is a better boxer, but dude, I'm telling you, Crawford is going to find a way. But in a way, Fulton. Um, 
I got to go with my boy Fulton, and I'll tell you why. So I remember watching Figaro and Fulton with my dad, and we were watching it and saying, what the hell? These dudes look like 160 pounders. Mm-hmm. Like, can, can you imagine that fight in your head? Don't they look much bigger than 122 pounds? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and in a way, while they may look similar at the weigh-in, the more, tomorrow I think Fulton's going to look a lot bigger. It's going to look and huge. And people say Fulton doesn't really have that. What's that? He's going to look huge. Yeah. Yeah, he's going he's to look much bigger. And everyone says Fulton doesn't have power. Well, I mean, if you look at the last five guys he's fought, he's fought uh, Figueroa, Leo, K-Guy. Those are undefeated guys who've never been dropped before. He fought, Brandon, he fought Dan of Roman, who's never been uh, knocked out or dropped before either. And he dominated him. Then, So it's kind of like a bibble situation, I think. And I think the, the size difference will surprise you guys. And, you know, every once, like once every year there's a big fight prediction I'll get where I say like, Oh, and I'm very confident. I'm like saying hundred percent Biv will be Canelo. 100% Usyk is going to be Joshua. And you know how I have those. I'm not feeling it for this fight because I do think in a way can win, but Crawford, once again, for Crawford Spence, I'm not super confident. Like that, that'll come around probably later this year. Like one of the, one of those super fight predictions that I say hundred percent. I know I'm not, I know I'm not going to be wrong, but I want Fulton to win really bad. And about Inouye being on steroids, bro, there's always been something off about Inouye to me. Just the way he's just dominating from weight class to weight class. I don't really think you can do that without a little something in your system. And you know uh, Sean Ziddle? I think that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fight hype, right? Yeah. 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 He was saying how uh, he seems like a decent dude. Have you had any interactions with him? Can you tell yeah, me? Yeah, I've like met him, back or- hung out with him in Vegas a few times. Is he like fake news or is he like a decent dude? I'm not necessarily a, f- a fan of fight hype and some of the stuff they do over there, but Sean has always seemed like a really cool guy, at least face to face with me. He's always treated me with a lot of respect and Tiffany. He's always been really good to my wife. I don't know, you know, any, I don't really know him beyond that, but uh, he's always been cool to me. Um, no, that, that's what it seems like. I haven't seen anything bad about the guy. And he said how the fight was originally because Inouye was not a fan of the testing. The, the fight was called off because Inouye was not a fan of the testing so much. So he wanted to call the fight off. He said it wasn't a bicep injury. And I thought that was interesting. Mm. And like I'm saying, I think it's, Inouye's always been suspect to me. I can't get my finger. I know there's never been evidence, but and that's not me being a hater. Like, but bro, there's something, something off about Inouye. It's the way he's just destructing dudes, weight class to weight class. And if, but I'm picking Fulton because I think size will make a big difference. And I think in a way, I think in a way can knock him out with the body shot, obviously. But people have uh, Batman boxing saying, I'm, I'm a clown. Well, I mean, I'm just saying what I think, man. And I'm going to get off here soon because I know you got more calls. But I'm picking Crawford by knockout. I'll say like round nine after getting out boxed for Spence by a little bit. Then I'm going to pick. I want Fulton to knock him out, but I don't know how confident I am. Um, like, I want him to knock him out, but I'm just going to say Fulton. I don't know how. Um, but, yeah, I'll let you get to other calls. But, dude, we are so blessed. Like, and there's been so much shit in boxing recently. Like, with the Rolly Romero stoppage, the Cambosos, every mm. week there's been some shit. Like, mm. the J-Rock, the Domus, every single week there's been something bad. Literally every single week. Am I wrong? No, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's been bad. Yeah. It's been bad recently, like more than usual. I don't know if anyone else has noticed it, but it's worse than usual. So 
hopefully these two super fights can bring something good without any controversy. And uh, yeah, I'll let you get to the other calls, man. It's good to talk to you. Thanks a lot, Jack. Great stuff, man. I like yep. those predictions from Jack because he's going against the grain on some of that stuff. And I, I like, I like that. I like the, like the, the confidence of it of going against the grain and saying, Hey, here's exactly how I see it. I, I like that. Um, but Jack is right. I mean, we've had a run where it's been, look, there are a lot of people saying this is the best year in boxing in 30 years. It's, it's slow the fuck down. <laughs> there have been some good fights. We have great fights this week. Not good. Great. Okay. Um, generational kind of fights. So, so like, I'm very happy, but there's plenty of stuff going on. That's not good. Okay. Uh, I just hope that that doesn't carry over to these two fights. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think it will Saturday night. I really hope I'm wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong on this one. Okay. Um, I just want to see two great fights and I want to see all four men involved do well. I really do. I, I want to see great fights where everyone performs very, very well to the best of their ability and the best man wins. That's all I want to see, man. I really hope we get it because these are two great matchups. Boxing fans really deserve this. And, um, it, you know, boxing needs to deliver, right? It delivered in the matchups. Now you got to deliver in the facilitation of those matchups, Okay. And everything needs to go the right way. All right, back to the phones, guys. Let's keep it going. Um, I'm going to go for, I don't know, another 10, 15 minutes. So we got to make it snappy, all right? Uh, let's go to, it looks like we got New York on the line. 347, what's up? You're on the show. Yo, 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 what's up, Mike? Um, yeah, you can stole me and this is Rob and, you know, uh, what's up? R-A-H. I, I called your show a couple times, but yep. I don't know if you remember. You really Absolutely. Popular. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, but uh, first, I'm making sure, though, you got the best show on boxing. I need a morning show. If we can get a morning show, I know oh. you got a lot of things going. But, you know what I mean? If you can fit it in your busy schedules, you know what I mean? A morning show would be great. That might be, uh, but, um, that might be yeah, doable. All right. Yeah, yeah, that would be great, brother. You know what I mean? I'm a morning person. So, you know what I mean? Huh. Definitely would appreciate it. But, you know, I'll make it real quick, though, Mike. Um, I like Spence, 10th round stoppage. I like... Hmm. In a way, in a toss up, but uh, you know, um, Crawford is just too light in my prediction. You know what I mean? He's just too light. Um, Thurman at a hundred percent in rotation was the only one that was going to be Spencer forty seven. After this fight, Spencer is going to move up, and you know, so uh, you know, the the fight to make in boxing right now is is use Jack and Fury, um, Javon versus. Stevenson, um, you know, uh, before uh, Thurman, you know, messed that up. I, everybody wanted to see Spence and Thurman before, but, you know, and, well, one thing happened to another. But, I mean, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, Spence moves up. And then, um, you know, uh, I, I forgot what else I was going to but um, yeah, What do you Spence think he does? Just, well, let me know, ask you this, brother. If Spence, yeah, yeah. if Spence does stop Crawford, and by I know a few people say like my coach, my, my coach thinks he's like, I'm telling you, Spence is gonna stop Crawford. I'm like, okay. Um, but so you're not alone in that. Right. There's several people picking that. But if he does and he moves up to 154, what's the play? Is there a rematch at 154? Or does Spence fight somebody else if he stops Crawford? Nah. Nah, I I I 
I like you know, didn't you didn't you um say that um about your about your theory about Spence fighting Canelo? I could see that. It's definitely. You know I, I, mean? I really think it could happen for um, that third fight. For that third fight, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that happen. You know what I mean? Spence fighting Canelo. Spence is a big dude, Mike. Yeah, he you is. You know what I mean? He is. Spence is a big dude. I, I thought he was. I, I thought he was bigger than Thurman at first, but I guess they about the same size. But he's taller. You know, um, no, he's taller, bro. I've met both of them in person. Spence is taller than Thurman. Yeah, Spence is bigger than Thurman. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah. But I mean, um, yeah, you know, uh, it was, damn, what the hell? I forgot what the, I was going oh, yeah, but anyway, I mean, it's just weird how Spence Fort had his old, Fort All Thurman's old opponents and just didn't fight. I mean, it's just some mm. bitterness. I mean, that was just some real immature, childish girl shit, you know what I mean, that he didn't, you know, um, but, um, yeah, though, Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you go to Brother Stormian and, um, Hopefully that morning show comes in and then, you know, I'll hit you up afterwards and um I can't wait. I, oh yeah. I think this uh Fulton and in a way fight, I feel that this fight is bigger than the Smith and Crawford fight because boxing fucked us over so much about making fights happen so late. Yeah. And then not even I'm not even going to the recent judging. You know what I mean? It was just that was just for Max I feel sorry for Max. I didn't even hear him too the past weekend and you know i just heard about the robbery and everything i watched the next morning and just you know max he was just he just kept catching i heard dudes call him scambos scambos <laughs> oh, wow. coming in i mean he, <laughs> you know <laughs> so Damn. so yeah he just kept 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 holding scam scambos off and you know but i mean you know uh you know it was one 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 guy was saying you know it's just it's just fucked up how dudes just can't, you know, just admit, you know what I mean? You won that fight. I, I don't agree with the judges. Like, that would be game-changing if a boxer did that. If, if, if after the fight, bro, you know, if you won that, I, I hope they reverse the decision. And, you know what I mean? And that would be a man of honor if, if that was to go down. You know what I mean? That would be game-changing. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I would do that. You know what I mean? I'm a I'm I'm a true man. I'm a man of honor. I'm, I'm random respect. I give credit when it's due. You know, you beat me, all right. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Something about these dudes, Mike. They they just can't do this. You know what I mean? I don't know. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. Um, so you know, I feel I, I'm more excited for the Fulton fight tomorrow. I wish all these fights came on earliest. <laughs> Early as yeah. these fights come on too late, Mike. You know what I mean? I'm with so, you. So, you know, um, but uh yeah, no, Mike, uh enjoy the fight though, and um, you know, can't wait for the show after with the fight. Call in. All right. And um, you know, we'll chop it up, bro. All right, Brent. Have a good one. Good call. All right, peace. Yeah, you know, look, I a morning show. Hmm. Hmm. I gotta get up early these days, um, because of the kid. And I got another one on the way, so I'm going to be getting up early. Uh, a morning show might be the way to go. Maybe I move TNC to Monday mornings. Could you guys imagine that? Would, would that work if I move the show to like Monday morning? Um, get up and have your coffee with MOB. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I could do, uh, I don't know. That, that could work. Um, I got some things going on right now for the next month or so, but a after that's wrapped up and finished 
Um, maybe I could make that move. Might be fun. Might be fun. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about that. Okay. Let's, uh, I will say I'm, I'm with him, uh, watching the fight in the morning. I'd rather do that right now than watching it at freaking 1.00 AM. Um, I'm trying to get some sleep when the baby's asleep, man. <laughs> That's what I'm catching my sleep. Baby's up at seven o'clock. I'm up. Right. Uh, but the baby's asleep at that time. I'm trying to catch some Z's, man. Okay. Um, man, we might have time for maybe one or two more calls. All right, guys. Let's jump here to uh, – this might be Johnny. Is this Johnny? Yo. Oh. What's up, Python? What's up? How you doing, man? Hey. How you doing? Good. Hey, I, I dialed the other number by – I dialed the other number by mistake, so disregard that, Python. My bad. I was, I was, like, I was like, what the hell? I can't hear the show. <laughs> so just disregard that. All right. But, uh, but, but uh, now, I, dude, I think you're, uh, you're pretty spot on. I'm going to start with Spence Crawford real quick, and I know you're on, you're on with the fans running out of the hourglass here, but I'm going to start with Spence Crawford. This is why I was talking. I talked to you and a handful of other guys about this fight because I feel like most people are bent over the desk on one side or the other for Spence Crawford. So there's very few guys that are getting down the middle on <laughs> yeah. as far as calling yeah. that fight. There's a lot of guys, there's a lot of people that are bending that are bending over for one side. Yeah, there really bro. is. And I'm like, you know, so I was that's why I, you know, there's a few guys I spoke to about the Spence Crawford. So you, so but uh, I think that's pretty much spot on. I think I think if it's possible somebody gets somebody else out of there, yes. But I think it's going to go to the cards, and I don't think Crawford's going to bevole Canelo him. So I think it's Spence is going to win it. Tight, possibly controversial, uh, point blank. Yeah. And as far as Anoli Fulton goes, I mean, you know where I stand on this one. <laughs> you're all, you're I, all in that, I, I, I know all. that. I know that. Uh, dude, listen, everybody keeps bringing up the size, the size, the size. Newsflash, newsflash. And I know there was a catch weight. Tank was the smaller man against Ryan, whipped his ass. Loma was the smaller man against Taney, whipped his ass. Tiafimo was the smaller man against Josh Taylor, whipped his ass. <laughs> Usyk was the smaller man against so, AJ, whipped his ass, right? Usyk was the smaller man against AJ, whipped his ass. There, there's, so I, there's this, I keep hearing the size, the size, the size. I think, but I think your break's almost good. I think it's. I think he's going to struggle and always going to struggle the first three, four rounds to try to figure Fulton out. Somewhere in the middle, five, six, seven, there's going to be a shift. I think he's going to get cracked with something and the tide's going to turn yeah. to where it's going to be an always fight. And I think, in my, and the one thing, I think he's going to get him out of there late. I'm going to say in the 11th, I think he gets him out of there late. So, and as, as far as, so that's Spence points. And oh, he likes stoppage. That's my two. Um, I think No Nico's just got enough left in the tank to get past the Santiago kid. If he's got anything left, he should be able to beat that guy. But uh, and and No Nico knows I love him, but you know he's getting old. So he's uh, let's just let's just be honest. Yep. But uh, that's my two cents, anyways. And as far as the fights being delivered, yes, that's good. Yes, it's good. We need to keep that trend going, though. Yeah. Let's not get three fights and three good fights and everybody's 
fucking holding hands and singing kumbaya <laughs> over here. That's something exactly. supposed to. Well, bro, yeah, bro, yeah, like know. that's what yeah, I'm. But... I'm seeing that shit on. Not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I just you bring up a great point no, because I see these guys on the Facebook groups, Twitter, YouTube, and they're like, "Oh my God, we got these fights!" Yeah, you you got a couple of good fights this year. You know, a handful of good fights. They've pretty much all been on pay per view. You're paying eighty, ninety dollars for each one, but these are the fights you're supposed yeah. to get. This is what you're. This is what's yeah. supposed to be. They're they're not doing. They're not doing you a fucking favor by making these fights. <laughs> and if in between the fights yeah. you do nothing but stir fried shit and bad decisions and all this other stuff, what? Why are you jumping up and down and pretending like these guys are doing you a favor? They're doing what they're supposed to do. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to give you extra credit for you doing what you're supposed to do. Yes. It's not you do it. If I if I got a wheel ten barrels of concrete, I don't get extra money because because I, I did what I was supposed to do, bro. It's it's, it's what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> so no, when, when I, I pay, people are paying two hundred and fifty dollars a year for the zone, a buck fifty for ESPN Plus. However, they're much they're paying for Showtime. Yeah. Steven Espinoza, Bob Arum, um, Eddie Hearn, they're supposed to deliver. And it, it, look, Eddie Hearn's having a terrible fucking year, but the other guys are delivering some big yeah. fights. I'll give them credit, but people are acting like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is just amazing. Dude, go look at 1992 yeah. or just 1988. Pick a random year in the 80s or 90s. It shits on 2023 in terms of the consistency yeah. of high level matchups. It just does. Yeah. So, so people just got short and memories. I, I, yeah, I would even go a step further and even say you could take a year like 2004 or five. You're absolutely and right. Stack it up. Absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, so I'll wrap it. I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. So, for the most part, for the most part, I was always going to root for Anoli because I like him. He's he's a humble killer. I like the humble killers, Mike. I I I uh, I, I I was, but I was pretty neutral going into this fight. Now with all the shit flying out, no, 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 no. Now I want to know he to rip his head off. I hope the <laughs> Eagles never win another fucking Super Bowl. I hope he has to take the fuck. I hope he has to take the fucking bus back to Philadelphia oh, after this. But, but uh, you know, but I was. But the worst part was, and I'm gonna wrap it ended on this one. The worst part was I had these guys, and I don't pay them. I try not to pay them too much money. These guys are can Oh. You're an American going for, 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 for the Japanese person. I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do? Listen, bro, I, I've got six, seven, eight veterans in my family. You think I give a flying – I'm like, uh, it's a boxing match. Right. And, the, but, uh, we can, <laughs> and these same guys, these same guys, man, you know, you can't go from – Oh, I ain't even gonna go there. But anyway, <laughs> you get my point. You you get my point. Yeah, Mike. yeah, yeah. And yeah. so tomorrow, so tomorrow, so tomorrow morning, I'm gonna take a good power nap here an hour or two. I'm gonna wake up at about ten o'clock, have my coffee, Red Bull, and whatever, whatever. Get the day rolling early, just to be up for the fight. And then I'm jumping out of the swamp like fucking Marlon Brando on Apocalypse Now and hanging out with all the Asians. So let's go. Let's go. All right, brother. All right, man. Have a good one, John. (laughs) God bless. All right, peace. Oh, man. Look, Johnny brings up some great points. You know what I'm saying? Look, when I say this is what 
And I'm going to take one more call. I'm going to take one more call, guys, and then we're going to wrap it. When I say this is what they're supposed to do, I'm not even talking about the fighters because I honestly believe that the fighters will fight who they're told to fight. I, I really, really do most of the time. It's the network executives. It's the promoters. They are the ones that are supposed to deliver the high-quality matchups. And the fact that you guys are getting a few high-quality matchups this year, yeah, of course you should be happy for that. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. But I think you guys are so used to being disrespected and treated like shit. I use, I go back to that uh, analogy I used earlier about boxing being the really hot whore that treats you like shit. You're used to this woman treating you like hell. So when she finally comes back around and says, oh, daddy, I missed you, you know, it starts treating you good. Then you want to pretend none of that other shit happened before and just, oh my God, she's back. Right. And that's just how you guys, some of you are acting. Be happy for the for the big fights. But again, don't act like anyone's doing you a favor. You're doing them the favor by paying for this shit. You are the asset, not them, right? You, you are the one keeping this whole thing going with your wallet. Don't forget that, okay? They should be kissing your ass, not the other way around. Okay, one last call. One last call, and then we're going to wrap this up, guys. We're going to go to the UK. I think this might be Hamed. Uh, UK caller, what's up? You are on the show. Yeah, hello, Mike. It's been a while. Hey, what's up, Hamed? I thought that was you. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing much. Uh, I agree with you in terms of uh, action this year. I think some people are overrating the year because the heavyweight division has been dead for like the whole year, I think, up until, was it, like July when they announced three of the main fights, but I think some people are forgetting about how good like years like 2017 and 2018 was. So I, I don't think he's been as great as some people are. I, I don't think this week is great though. They are some very good fights that hopefully deliver, but I think he's been a bit overrated by some people. Like I don't think he's been as good as as a year some people are making out. He's better than the last couple of years, but I don't know if that says much about where boxing has been in the last couple of years. I completely agree, Hamed. And look, I'm enjoying this year of boxing, but some people are acting like um, it's, you know, some kind of renaissance, like we're back in the 1970s or something. By the way, my daughter just crawled into the studio. <laughs> my wife cracked the door open, so I'm holding my daughter up here. Say hi, baby. Say hi to everybody. Say hello. Ah, she's grabbing the mic. Uh, anyway, guys, Jackie says, hi, Jackie just turned nine months old. My little baby right here. All right, baby, go play. Go back to mommy. She's crawling around now and getting just everywhere now. Okay. Oh, you guys say hello. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, go play. Go play. Okay. All right. Sorry, Ahmed. <laughs> sorry. No, that's all. Jackie that's had to get her, her, her quick, uh, quick little shout out in the show. Now, now she's yeah. behind me. Congrats, I was gonna say. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say congratulations. But what, what do you Thank think you. about the? Uh, because you were thinking a couple of years ago that boxing is not as corrupt as other sports, and I was listening to some of the callers. I don't think Lomachenko and Haney was a robbery. I do think it was a close fight. I got no problem if someone had uh, Lomachenko winning. 
or anyone in there. I thought there was more or less a draw. But I, I thought you could make a case semi-final either way. But yeah. you were saying a couple of years ago that boxing is not as corrupt as some other sports. But I do think there is an element of corruption because that Cambosa's huge fight, I rewatched it. I had it a bit, like, one round closer than I had it live, but I thought Hughes won, like, eight rounds in that fight. You could maybe go 9-3 as well, how I had it live, but I can't see how you could give Cambosas uh, more than five rounds. I think if you gave him six, you're three being extremely generous and finding rounds to give to him, but to give him seven and nine rounds, uh, to me, that seems like was, the decision was pre-meditated because... Yeah. He wanted Cambosos to win and line him up for a future fight. I, I do think boxing is a really corrupt sport. Yeah, you know, Hamed, I, I, I will fully admit, I used to kind of drink the Kool-Aid and I was really, really trying to be <laughs> the good team player that um, you got to remember, I was, you know, working with multiple uh, boxing publications, not just in America, but in the UK doing radio work, doing commentary. I was doing all this stuff before my daughter was born. I was really, really active yeah. in all that. And I was, I guess, just trying as hard as I could to fight for the sanctity of the sport and all this. And I, I've just kind of just, I guess I just had an awakening this year where I realized it is, it, I agree with you, the sport is corrupt. There are massive systemic issues, uh, particularly in American boxing. I don't think it's sustainable. I think that it continues to dwindle and get more and more marginalized. Um, and, you know, if you call it out, the powers that be in the sport try to silence you. You see you see the, the personal attacks I get. Um, and yeah. it's just, I, I don't know. I'm at a point where I don't give a shit. I've unplugged a little bit and I just see it for what it is. And I agree with you, man. I totally agree. So I, I do think, though, like that combustion was used by when he ended it wasn't the biggest fight, so not many people were watching it as the Lomachenko and Haney fight, but I do enjoy the sport more than being emotionally invested. I don't really have any emotional investment in any fighter, so I get guys telling me that like I'm a hater of this guy, one minute I'm a fanboy because I'll praise one guy, then I'll criticize the same guy, whatever. I think no one's above criticism, and anyone, if they do something right, deserves praise, but when you're watching fights as well, I do think at the same time, if you're not as emotionally invested, like I, I wasn't really emotionally invested in that Haney Lomachenko fight or the Cambosos and Hughes fight. So I w wasn't sure what the uproar was about, especially the Haney Lomachenko. This fight, I understand. I do think it was a robbery, but I also kind of saw it coming and I wasn't surprised. Yeah. But in the past, like with Kovalev Ward, I think Pacquiao Bradley, some of these fights, I was a bit emotionally invested. Like, I wanted Pacquiao to win and I wanted to see that Mayweather fight. At the same time, I do think those fights were robberies, but I think when people are paying for these fights, whether it's tickets or on pay-per-view, I think they should be aware. I'd say the same for the Crawford Spence fights. I got a feeling this could end in a draw because they already got a rematch uh, lined up. Unless it ends in a kill, but I, it would not surprise me because of what happened with Charlo Castano and uh, yeah, what, Fury Wilder. The list goes on. Canelo, Golovkin. Canelo Golovkin. Yeah. yeah, it seems like the house fight uh, will always get the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's a common theme, not just in America, in the UK as well.
Hele Capitol Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just think it, it sucks, but you have to go into these matchups, like you said, almost expecting that result. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah. You talk about emotional investment. I was emotionally invested in Canelo Golovkin. Uh, it's not that I wanted yeah. either fighter to win, but I was emotionally invested in that fight. And um, when I saw what happened, I emotionally reacted. Now, it ended up changing my life, you know, in my career. The, the, the thing I had with Bob <laughs> Bennett, it was uh, I didn't expect all that to happen. But um, that's an example of where, like, I lost sleep over that shit. You know, I was invested and now I just kind of laugh and I'm like, yeah, typical, it's boxing. <laughs> and I just kind of laugh it off because it, that's just what it is. And you either have to accept it and just see it for what it is or because because if you don't, how many you'll drive yourself crazy. You know, they say what insanity is you will, yeah. doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Well, we don't get a different result. It is the same thing over and over. So you just have to go in expecting yeah. that result. You you will start to question yourself, but I do think also that I I do also think that people should be like more aware. Like if if you if you're paying for these fights or ordering pay-per-views, then you shouldn't be doing that because if you're also complaining, because then you're also kind of enabling them to keep ripping you off if that's what you feel about these decisions. But another thing is, we really this year I think is a, a bit of an exception, and this week, but we really get to see all these guys really fight each other. Yes. I, I think Spence Crawford is a good fight, but I personally think he's happening about three, four years later than he should have. Louis Fulton, I think, is the better fight. I, I think Louis Fulton is the actual better fight. Completely but yeah, agree. if you look at UFC, if you look at UFC the same day there's a card, all these guys fight each other and in the UFC, all the cards are stacked, the undercards, pay-per-views are even worth it. So in America, people... Um, don't like what's going on with boxing. I think maybe you should look at the UFC. I I watch both, but I also can understand why some people don't watch boxing and have completely just uh, lost interest. Because I remember what happened with that Kovalev Ward fight and some of the other decisions recently, and how Fury and Usyk are not fighting. I think that's a black eye on boxing. In any other sport, we get to see everyone play each other or whatever, fight each other. Yeah. In boxing, I think that's the problem. But this week, I will give boxing its credit. I think finally we've got a week where we've got two very good fights that actually are happening more or less at the right time. So I will say this is an exception. Hopefully it can carry on, but I'm not sure if this will carry on into next year. I, I agree, Hamed. Um, and I also agree with you, and a few people have said it on the chat, that I like the Fulton in a way fight better because it's happening with both, <clears throat> both guys in their prime. I think that the Spence Crawford fight, while it's fantastic that it's happening, it's happening a few years too late. It should have already happened. This should be the rematch. This should be the rubber match. So I like in a way Fulton because it's happening. It's, it's going to be a fight. Look, look, maybe we get a fantastic fight between Fulton and in and they end up doing a rematch. That'd be awesome. That'd yeah. be awesome. You know what I mean? Um, if we get a rematch between Crawford and Spence, it, it's going to feel even like more past its due date, especially at 154. It's just, it just too much marination, you know? But um, Yeah, it's over-marinated. Yeah. It's over-marinated. And Jerome yeah. Ennis and 
I, I thought Jerome Ennis and Virgil Ortiz deserved the title shot. I know Virgil Ortiz has had his problems and he's gone up, but I kind of think that Spence had either option or whatever, no option, but to fight Crawford. He was either going to have to fight Crawford or fight Ennis. The other alternative was to move up because I don't know if the Ennis fight is as big as it could be down the line, but I think PBC had no option but to make that fight right now. But as good as happening, it was just, I've been a bit frustrated with the heavyweight division because I don't think Joshua White is a bad fight. I, I wouldn't say that rematch should be on pay-per-view, but when you're getting fights like Fury, Nagano, and then the whole saga with Fury Usyk, it kind of does rub you up the wrong way because I think Fury Usyk is probably one of the best fights to happen, but I, I don't think Fury wants that fight. Not at the moment. I agree, man. Good stuff, man. All right. Have a good All one, right. brother. All right. All right, All right guys. That is it. Almost two hours of TNC for you. Boom. Um, enjoy the fight tomorrow. Enjoy the fight Saturday. If I could do a Friday show, I will. If not, we'll be back next week to, to review everything. All right, guys. Great calls. Great stuff in the chat. I appreciate you. Love you guys. And we'll talk soon. Peace.